everybody, welcome back to Cookies in Christ. Um, today I'm here with Debbie. Hi there. Um, what would you describe as your position? I would say I am the high school minister, pastor, whatever. Mm -hmm. Grace Fellowship. Yeah. So today we're at 111, which is a nice coffee shop. It's really pretty. Um, I, chandeliers. Oh yeah. And shiny things. <laughs> it's a giant, like, sparkly horse. Yeah. Um, I have a snickerdoodle cookie today. That sounds really good. I have a, I think they said that there's cinnamon in the oatmeal, but um, I don't know about that. We'll see. I'll let you know, but it's oatmeal, so it's almost good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Is it good? Mm -hmm. I just put coffee There you go. Alright, so we're going to dive into 1 John chapter 3. Um, but we're actually going to start in chapter 2, verse 28, just because in my Bible, that's like section. It like just leads into chapter three, um, and if you want to follow along, we're in the ESV Bible. Um, so we're just gonna start. It's this first section from chapter two, verse twenty-eight to chapter three, verse ten is called "Children of God." It's just um, throughout this segment, um, John constantly refers to like his the people he's writing to as children. Um, because, I don't, I don't know, because, yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's like referring to them as like children of the faith, like he's calling them to continue to grow. Yes. And so, he's saying, you know what, you're children now, but you're, as children, you're learning new things, you're growing, you're testing. You're developing like more and more of your character and who you're, who you are, and who you're going to be. Mm -hmm. That's why. Um. The first verse that I like really um, stood out to me was verse one. It says, "See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are." And I think, like love of God like is above everything else mm -hmm. and I think that's hard for us to remember sometimes mm -hmm. we just get caught up in the, this world yeah. and like we forget that his love overcomes all of our troubles mm -hmm. here it's super encouraging yeah Some, the very one who created us and knows us the best mm -hmm. loves us all our flaws all of our failures, he, he just is crazy about us. I don't know, that's, that's a really beautiful kind of love. Mm -hmm. It's comforting. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so I actually had a question about this next verse. Yeah. Um, it says, okay, verse two, it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that he, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So what does that mean that um, what we will be has not yet appeared? Like, 
what does that mean, right? I think what he's talking about is that right now we're in the temporal life and we're, we're still finite creatures um, trying to grapple with these unknowable things, but one day what we see in part, we'll, we will then see in whole. Um, like when we're face to face with God, like then we will know so much more than we know now. And he, he is actually preparing a new heaven and a new earth, and he's preparing new bodies for us. Okay. And so I think I think that's what John is referring to, because this is the same John who also wrote Revelation. Um, and so he kind of gets a glimpse into what that may look like. I don't know what that all looks like, but I think that's yeah. what he's referring to, is that we will get those new bodies. So what we are now is not fully what we will be. And then, so that last part, because we shall see him as he is. So like like you said, right now we don't know the extent of his glory and everything else. Right. Because we're so, still bound. Yeah. Like we're, we're still limited. And like once we are outside of this life and we go into like our eternal life because we have Jesus, we will no longer be bound. We'll be no longer limited. Like we'll get to see as God sees which is cool. Crazy thought. But yeah. I think. It's exciting. I think yeah. That's what happens. I could that be makes, totally wrong. That makes sense though. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Well, God does, but you know. Um, go to verse 3, and it says, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And that's just like saying that. We are made pure because he's pure, and it's only through him, because he took our sins, that we are made pure. Right. Yeah. Yep. Which is, yeah, because we we yeah. couldn't we couldn't accomplish that on our own. No. <laughs> we we're kind of bent on our own way, which is not God's way usually. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then verse four simply puts it. Um, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. So, just like if you're breaking a law or causing mischief, yep, it's <laughs> sin. Um, then this is a verse I had a question about. Um, verse six says, "No one who abides in Him keeps on sinning." No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Um, so, what would you say, like, the definition of abide is? I would say it's this, like, to abide in Christ is not just to, like, have this head knowledge about him or this mm -hmm. cognitive of, like, yes, Jesus is God's son, and you write off on that, but that it's to abide in him is this close connection. Um, it's... It's almost like going from dating to full-on marriage. Like there's there's this covenant, there's this commitment that you're you're bound to one another. Like when you when you enter into marriage, like the two flesh become one, and so like you in a way like begin to die to self for that other person. That's what that's what I envision with this whole abiding. Is it's it's dying to yourself, but for something so much bigger and better. And that you're cool. you're like okay. cleaved to Christ. You're like it's kind of a weird metaphor, but like a cicada. Like no, 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 no. that doesn't work. Those locust things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, never mind. That doesn't really work. 
But like they always talk about like the church is uh-huh. the bride of Christ. Right. Yeah. And so but if you take it down to an individual, it's like you said. Yeah. Sort of going from dating right. to just knowing him. So that goes into the second part of the verse. Like like when it says known him, it's talking about like um, I guess really I don't know, what would you say? Like, um, has either seen him or known him, but I know there's people that, like, know of him. Right. But they don't abide in him. Yeah. So, like, I think when you fully know Christ, like, you know him and he, like, you allow yourself to be known by him, like, you don't keep doing status quo. You don't keep doing your own life. Like, you start to surrender your own will and your own way to his when you really know him. It's, it's, I mean, kind of going back to that marriage thing, like, there are things that I do for my husband that I wouldn't necessarily, like, choose to do by myself, but because he loves it, like, there's joy in doing that Yeah. with him, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> oh. And so, yeah. Anyway. Um, I guess this kind of <coughs> relates to it. Verse 9, it says, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep keep on sinning because he has been born of God. So this is talking about, like, it's like you are all for him. You can't keep leading the same life, right? Um well, it's yeah. like when Jesus calls his disciples, he's like, to be my disciple, which someone who's a disciple is not just somebody who follows after Christ, but who is going to carry on the mission of Christ. But to be a disciple of Christ, you deny yourself, you take up your cross daily and follow him. And so, like, that's what he's, he's calling us to that. And you can't, you can't follow Christ and hold tight to the things of this world at the same time. Yeah, it's just not possible. Got it. Okay. Um, verse 10, it says, By this is it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one for... Oh, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So... I've always been confused with this, but like, what would you say the definition of righteousness is? Righteousness is to choose rightly. And so it's like, God is holy and he calls us to be holy. He does what is right. So he calls us to do what is right, that we are to reflect him um, with our lives. And so it's like, to to love God is to love others. um, And to love others is to show the love of God. Um, and, but also to show our love for him. But like, so righteousness, like, so sin is missing the mark, right? That's, that's the very definition of sin, is that God has this mark and we're aiming for it and when we miss it, that's sin. But to live righteous is to shoot right and to do like as God has called us to do. So always hitting the bullseye. Sort of. Like with his help. Yeah, definitely yeah, we, we can't do it. We yeah. cannot do Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> which I'm thankful he doesn't expect that. <laughs> exactly, but he, yeah. But he gives us the Holy Spirit, which is God indwelling us, 
that helps us to choose righteousness even when our flesh wants something totally contrary. Mm-hmm. And the world tells us everything else is better. <laughs> um, Alright, so the next section uh, is titled Love One Another, and it goes all the way to the end of this chapter. Um, the first verse, like, that, like, basically states the whole entire point or like a giant like like um important point of this chapter or even the book um is verse 11 it says for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another so it's just a big commandment that because god loves us so much that we should reflect that and love one another so that we can be more like him. Right. Yeah. Because God is love. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Um, and then the next verse, um, it says, um, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteousness. Or righteous. Um, so... It's just a metaphor that goes all the way back to Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think I would say that like Cain was maybe jealous of his brothers, yeah. like righteous, and like the fact that God liked his like sacrifice, right? Like more, yep. Because it was I don't remember the story exactly, right? Like so, Abel came and brought like his his first fruits, like the first and the best, and it was pleasing to the Lord, and Cain didn't do that, and so it's, Cain got sidetracked by comparing himself with Abel instead of keeping, instead of Cain keeping his focus on God and looking at that relationship, he started instead to compare himself to his brother, which anytime we start playing the comparison game with other people, that is just going to lead us down the wrong path. Yeah. Um, verse 13, it says, um, Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. And I found that interesting that, like, like even in that time, like, people were like, this is crazy. Y'all are nuts. Yeah. Um, that y'all are following this man who does miracles, basically, that shouldn't be like be possible right and so people don't like difference like they don't like change so when i guess jesus came through and was like doing all these miracles and stuff but people were like what are you doing yeah yeah. so those jesus followers and like us now Mm -hmm. um are often critiqued criticized by others but like that kind of goes back to like Cain and Abel like one could say that for the most part that believers like us are sort of like Abel um, and then the rest of the world who are of this world instead of striving to be like him are like Cain sort of does this make any sense? it does yeah okay but yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's the thing. Is, like, Jesus came and turned the world upside down. Yeah. And as his disciples, as those who follow him and continue his work, like, we're called to do the same. 
and it doesn't it doesn't go by like the world standards of, I mean in in Jesus kingdom the last will be first and the first will be last that we're called to serve one another we're called to love our enemies we're called to sacrifice our lives you know I mean like all these things that really logically make no sense and yet it's the very model that Christ gave us and how he lived his life and how he like I don't know like how he showed love abundantly yeah and that it wasn't based on merit but just based on that he just plain loved them yeah because I think people feel like they have to love people like like it's a requirement yeah. sort of yeah. but like Jesus like loves out of love because yeah. he just cares for us that much it kind of goes all the way back really, to yeah. one of the first verses that was talking about um, see what kind of love the father has given to us it's so comforting yeah and it's not like any other love because it's not conditional it's not there's nothing that you can do to make God love you less and there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. He just plain loves you. Oh, it's kind of awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. So, um, verse 14. Um, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. So basically pass out of death is coming out of sin is that correct sort of like coming pass out of death yeah i think it's like we pass from this life to life everlasting yeah because because we love yeah because, and that's because we're reflecting right. who he is right got it um Verse 16, it says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, um, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So, basically, it's just talking about how we should be like him, or strive to be more like him, and reflect who he is, rather than, um, like, the desires of our flesh and, like, of the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um... I think verse 18 is kind of like a conviction, um, like even yeah. towards me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it says, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in, in deed and in truth. So it's basically telling us, like, stop talking about it. Just right. go and do it. Yeah. Um, so I think... I've been, I've been working on that since, like, I last read this. Instead of... Like, in a way, I've talked about wanting to help, like, the homeless, like, like the people that are on the streets asking for food and stuff, and, like, I've always wanted to make those bags, like, that you could just hand them, um, so, sort of, in a way, I went with my friend Katie and did the Feed the Hunger movement, Oh, nice! so we, like, packaged, um, food, and, like, each bag of, like, rice and beans and stuff has six meals in it so I think in a way I sort of started um, doing instead of just saying yeah that's awesome I think it's just a continual process yes for sure but what are some ways that people that can easily 
start to like love people indeed. Like I think some of it is just being aware of uh -huh. the needs around us because it's like yes, there are people who like need food. Yeah. But then there's people around us like that you'll see in the hall every day or in the cafeteria or wherever you may be that maybe they just need companionship, like they just need a friend yeah. or they need an encouraging word. And so I think it I think what this what this verse is calling us to is to go beyond good intentions and should haves and start walking in them. And so like when you see somebody sitting by themselves instead of being like, oh, I should totally go over there and sit with them or I should like invite them to come sit with me or I should this, I should, it's actually like putting motion to it and getting up and going over and being like, hey, I noticed you're sitting by yourself. Would you like to come over? Or if you see someone in the hall who, you know, looks downcast or whatever, just being like, hey, I just, is there anything I can pray for you today? Like, you look a little sad today. Or, or you know, just giving them a hug if you know them that well. Or, you know, just anything like that. Like, just, I think these acts of love are just little little things that we actually do that can add up to really big things. Yeah. I was thinking that. I was like, it's the little things mm -hmm. most of the time oh, yeah. that really show the difference mm -hmm. than like the giant grand gestures. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. It's, it's going past the I shoulds to the I dids. Um, and then my last main point is verse 23. It says, and this is his commandment that we believe in the name of him of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he has commanded us. This is just the like main point of this book, the Bible. Yep. Everything is that to believe in him is to be like him and to be made new in him. Yep. So take on deny yourself, take up the cross and like walk with him. Um and that's to abide in him. Yeah. So it all kind of goes everything all everything connects. Yep. yep. I think that's really cool because you can start anywhere in a Bible and like you'll find verses that like especially in the gospels, mm -hmm. like the gospels are mostly like the same stories but told slightly differently. Right. right. But like if you read each version you get something new out of it. Oh, yeah. And verses like in this it was talking about Cain and Abel and that connects all the way to the beginning. Yeah. And so yeah, it's really cool. It is re like that's the thing about the Bible is it really is just one big story uh -huh. that's broken down in more manageable bites. Yeah, but they're they're interconnected. There's like a, a common thread throughout, and that's God's love. So yeah, it's kind of cool. So just to wrap this up, today we had two different cookies. Oh yeah, how was the, yours? The oatmeal was awesome. By the way, I don't think there's cinnamon in it. <laughs> um, my uh, snickerdoodle cookie was, it was pretty good. I ate it pretty quickly. <laughs> it's gone. Um, and then we talked about a lot about loving and what it, like, how God's love is overwhelming and comforting because it's not um, conditional, like you said. Um, and then how we should reflect that love by loving others and just do it. Yeah. Like those little things. Um, 
thanks for listening and thanks for talking with me, Daddy. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and for the cookie. <laughs> so delicious. Well, all right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>